Welcome back to the PYP, the Practical Youth Pastor. I'm your host, Chris Hahn, along with... And I'm Steve with Johnson. Steve. Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson. And uh, if you listen to our last bonus episode, we are graced again a month later with our special guest, Ian. Hello. Ian, who has the tightest perm I think I've seen the in a long time. Natural curly hair. He sits, he mm. sits under that... That chemical hood for 45 minutes, he says, oh, every no, 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 no. week. No, uh, <laughs> Reading his Cosmo magazines. Uh, AC Slater wishes he could touch this <laughs> tight, curly perm. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wants to be in the band Zack Attack. Oh, oh okay. friends forever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what we're talking about today is church hurt. Everybody has been hurt by the church. Everybody, because no church is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every church, every person's been hurt by people or peoples in the church. Right. And so, you know, Martin Luther, hurt by the church, threatened, accused of things, right? all kinds of things. Jesus Christ himself, ultimate hurt, murdered by the church of the time, right? Oh, yeah. That one, though, he, we're, not, we're not talking the, the pharisaical hierarchy, but was he was he killed by the religious establishment there of which go. he was a I part hear. of? I, okay, okay, fair. Yeah, that's fair. church hurt. I see what you're saying. To a thousand. You know, that's ultimate church hurt. Right. You know, so everybody's experiencing it all the way to, hey, uh, you know, I didn't sign up in time. Can I Can I just jump in on this trip or can I jump in on this, this meeting or this small group or whatever? I didn't right. sign up in time. Uh, no, you can't. And right. you, really, you really should be more punctual. And uh, it's sinful for you to be that that late on everything and ask for an exception. And you're like, okay, I'm sorry. That's a small little way that someone in the church said some bad things or hard things, though they were true, but it hurt you a little bit. That's a one to three versus 90 to 100, right? It, and so, I mean, there's church churches everywhere. But what we're not talking, we're not talking about like how to define it necessarily as much as we want to talk about. Let's say you have a kid in your youth group continually coming and within a you know hopefully with new kids you're meeting with their parents within the first month if you that'd be perfect for right. a couple of weeks sure you know but first month to three months is a, is a reasonable window depending on the season that you're in, in your youth group and you get a meeting with the parents you're just not noticing them or seeing them on sunday mornings maybe they go to a different service or something or you're just not simply seeing them okay right? uh you meet up with one of the parents and say hey yeah tell me about Tell me about life. Are you guys enjoying the church where you are or whatever? And they say, well, we actually aren't attending church right now. We, we were hurt. We got some church hurt. And so the question is, well, where do you go from there? Do you, how do you continue to minister to their kid? Um, how do you work with them? How do you investigate that story and try to get understanding in that story? Because that can be an awkward moment. We were hurt by the church. And I think a lot of people, when they hear that, a lot of times their minds go straight to like molestation, immorality, and a lot of extreme stuff. But oftentimes it's, it's probably not that. Sometimes it will be, but oftentimes it's not. So how do you navigate that story? Um, so firstly, let's take that one scenario. Kids attending your youth group regularly, maybe you came with some friends or whatever. Uh, you want to lean in on that relationship, get to know the parents. You meet with the parents, and you say, tell me about uh, you guys enjoying the church. And they're like, well, we actually don't attend the church. We uh, we got some church hurt issues, and we just haven't stepped back into a church for three or four years. Right. Where do you go from there? Well, 
parallel, how many people do you talk to that are just like, we haven't really been attending since COVID and it's 2023. I know a lot a of lot, people yeah. like that. Yeah. See, that doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt. I'm going to, I'm going to go at this slightly different oh, yeah. angle. That's awesome. I think that we live in such a polite society that will not ask the follow-up question of, wow, you know, first of all, I'm so sorry to hear that happened. Is there anything I can do to help? Oh, no, no. And, 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 and it, sometimes that's an honest answer. Other times it's, no, please don't ask anymore. And I think it's good to answer that, ask that question, especially if you know the person pretty well. Say, so, okay, well, then what is it you, what, what are you doing to help feed your family spiritually? What do you mean by polite community? It, the, the same reason that if um, somebody is freaking out at the McDonald's worker, the people around the freak out kind of, they look away. They don't want to get involved, right? Or if someone's like, hey, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not able to come to that thing that I committed to. You're like, oh, no, I totally get it. Yeah, it's completely fine. Is that courage and humility or like? Well, it's definitely not courage. Well, it's passivity. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. They, Cowardness? Or yeah, I think it's coward. I think it's cowardice. I also think people just don't care. Yeah. The opposite of love, not being hate, but indifference. I think people are largely just indifferent with one another. I don't want to get involved. I don't, I don't want to press you. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. That's why people don't like sales. They don't like the idea of having to kind of press people and make them uncomfortable. It's almost lazy. Yeah. But I think what happens is, is what we're dealing with is tons of people that just never came back after they were encouraged by the churches, which was the dumbest thing, to be like, you actually don't really need us, need us. You can watch a video of us. Well, so then now that, now that stuff's over, why should I come back? They convinced the population that they didn't actually need them. And now they're like, well, why don't people need us? Because they believed you. Now that said, <laughs> it worked. It worked because yeah. you were good at it. All you got to do is give people the opportunity to have two Saturdays like the pagans and they're hooked. All you got to do is tell people, hey, you know what? If you want to grab some Ritz crackers and some OJ and prepare your own communion, you don't need to actually <laughs> be with other people and commune with them. I like, was hooked for a long time. <laughs> dude, I, I am... St I'm, Sunny D. I'm not going to go... Up. I'm not going to go diatribe, but my gosh, did the Western Evangelical Church blow it massively. <laughs> uh, but, so let's just say that's whether it's, I found some church hurt, right? Yeah. I would ask that question. What you have to understand is a lot of people have presenting issues. So it now is this that we're walking in the mall and we're just making chit chat and they're going north and we're going south? Suss that out. But what I would recommend is you get an opportunity. Could we get together and just I just want to hear a little bit more about it. And then I would just again let them know that you're so sorry it happened. Ask if there's anything you can do. And then I would pose that question. So if you're not going to church anywhere. What are you currently doing to help feed your family spiritually? Of course, I'm taking this dad to dad. You could ask it right. to the mom. But that's that's what I would do first is loving them isn't accepting the fact that they're blowing the church off regardless of the hurt. Yeah. You said we're not defining church hurt, but let's be honest. There are a lot of jerk pastors. There are a lot of jerk elders. There are a lot of jerk people that comprise yeah. the church. But to completely tap out on the physical church in and of itself also has some implications to people that are tapping out on the invisible church. Mm -hmm. And if you can shift the conversation to that and ask, well, what are you doing? I think that it is the loving irritant that'll hopefully cause them to either be honest with you or perhaps chew on that and start to ask that question themselves. Yeah. So what you're saying is I, I didn't, I didn't think about this angle. I'm really glad you said something about it was um, there's a lot of church hurt, church hurt 
um, facade. Yeah. It's not actually church hurt. No. We just grew accustomed to not getting out of our jammies to come to worship. Yeah. But we're going to claim it's church hurt, and we're going to amplify maybe a small issue in the past so that now we can just, like, if somebody asks us, we can front. And we can say, well, yeah, I got hurt by the church. That's why I don't get out of my PJs on Sunday. It, it comes down to a discipline. If if you view the church as a Christian cultural club or a social club, then you can peace out on that like you would any other consumer decision. Yeah. But if you recognize, not just Hebrews saying, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but also understanding what was Christ's vision in establishing the church. What is the what does the church owe the world? Then all of a sudden the conversation shifts a little bit. But what ba- people basically mean is we got mad at somebody. We were told no. We got mad at our friends. We don't like it here. And that was one of the things that when I when I left a church, I I knew immediately that I, in a sense, I mean, I was let go. So it was like, it was more complicated than that. But I knew immediately, my wife and I, that we needed to find our next church quickly before the malaise of not going set in. Yeah. Because I know myself yeah. and I am lazy and I'm comfort seeking and I'm a rationalizer. So there has to be that bit of discipline mm-hmm. to say, well, this person over here messed up. Okay, well then what was it that fostered an environment where that type of hurt was allowed to happen? Because let's also be honest, the Christian does not have the option of just packing a sack lunch and getting on and, and bouncing. Yeah. There are steps to take. You need to confront the abuse. You need to follow Matthew 18. If that has taken place and the church still doesn't repent of it or try and fix the situation, then you're you're released at that point to find another worship yeah. community. Absolutely. But when you do that, um, when you're looking for that next worship community, then simply take your past experiences and say, okay, well, that pastor is a megalomaniac. We definitely want to find a church that has a, a leadership structure where accountability exists. Let's find an elder-run church. Yeah. Or this church was staff-driven and staff made all the decisions. Let's find a church that is more simple in their program setup. These are the things you take with you, but you wouldn't allow anything else. I hated my last job, so I just am not going to work anymore. No, you might hate that last job, but you're going to find another job because you need that job because that's how you eat. Yeah. And so that it's, we just let each other off the hook far too much, far too much. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's a big thing that we're seeing um, a lot now. Yeah, I think, I can't remember if you said this on air, on air, off air, Ian, is that we were talking through it, um, is just not returning to church after that, just passivity, or is it cowardice? What is it? I can't remember when you said that. Um, yeah, I was on, I don't know, record, Mike, um, is, let's see, I asked if it's because, um, Scott used, uh, polite, (laughs) uh, which I think is a good word, but would the like word, I guess, cowardice or oh, indifference? I think that's what you used. Is it that, or just absolutely not caring, or not having the sense of empathy? Mm-hmm. Um, just being—I don't want to say unhuman, but not feeling any sympathy towards that person. Is that? I think that's more of a personal personal heart problem other than the church Hmm. yeah which it may be the church's 
mission or responsibility to be able to not responsibility to be able to i guess get that person and open their mind i guess and be able to be more human and more interactive with people and be more involved Mm -hmm. uh but i think it's more of a like a heart problem yeah i think that's right I would define passivity as looking away. I would define cowardice as running away. Mm-hmm. I'd de- describe good. indifference um, not as looking any way you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I'm sure that there's tons of critiques that could come on that, which I just pulled out of the air, but that's kind of how I'd look at it. And that you have some people that just, they just look away. They'll stay where they are, but they'll just look away from the problem. And you, you were just speaking to that, you know, Matthew 18, this real hurt. Um, and look away is the church taking serious church discipline are they taking it seriously and we're saying no we're, we're gonna be faithful to what christ asks us to do in matthew and we're gonna not only look towards it we're gonna seek like redemption right and reconciliation in it because it's a beautiful thing and our relationships will be stronger and so a lot of churches when they do hurt someone yeah they look away they're passive mm-hmm. some churches will run away I think it's all just a spectrum depending on the church and the person. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be according to the strength of your leadership. And yep. your leadership will, not only will they um, teach it and preach it, but they'll exercise it and they'll practice it. And they'll say, hey, we do believe in church discipline because it's not about discipline. The action is discipline, but the vision behind discipline is reconciliation, mm-hmm. is to redeem those situations and a lot of churches, you know, we do fail in that. I mean, it's so much easier to just look away than it is to run towards it, which is the opposite of cowardice, it's to run towards the firefight, to, towards the bloodshed. Courage. To, yeah, to seek, um, to make peace. Um, passivity can also be, um, you know, an amplified um, version of peacekeeping. Passivity, you said? Mm-hmm. And so you can, hey, hey, we don't want to argue. Stop arguing is peacekeeping. But peacemaking is stop arguing, and now let's talk about the problem. Yeah. And okay. you're making peace. And a lot of churches, I know in a lot of leadership, you know, oftentimes you have elders that are thrown into that or voted on or nominated, um, whatever it is in your church scenario or whatever. Um they're thrown into those, and deacons definitely are, but elders are too. They're thrown into those positions with zero training, zero understanding of what they're supposed to do, zero time hanging out with your actual like session of elders, group of elders, overseers, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and they have no clue. They've not walked through Titus and you know Timothy to understand what these qualifications are. They've not really done a uh, biblical biblical theology study survey of the whole all of scripture to understand what is actually my role and how does that flesh itself out in scripture and then a study on how it actually fleshes out in today's church Um, so they don't really know what their role is and so that in one sense they sense that an issue has occurred a person's hurt Uh, but to have a sense about it and not know what to do about it is a is a failure of the modern church it's getting the, the like diagnosis down but the prescription wrong yeah and so a lot of church hurt comes out of that is uh, i would say there's peripheral church hurt too mm-hmm. i saw how the church treated these people and the church did nothing and that hurt me 
right as a byproduct so i'm not going to be a part of that church secondhand aids pandemic i'm and i mean that's my dad it's like oh, they yeah. just they just want money they just they don't want to deal with the real problems in the world which i don't know what my dad thinks the world real problems of the world are but like so i'm not i don't want to be a part of that at all and that would be kind of that secondary you know secondhand hurt that he would claim sure. why he wouldn't want to attend it. And that's the presenting issue. And yeah. I think I want, I was speaking from, you know, to our audience of independent Christian thinking minds that are in relationship with other people in a community. So I'm looking at it as like, as a Christian, this is what you owe the other Christian to not allow them to focus on the church as mm-hmm. a collection of Christian culture seekers, but to focus on Christ and then build backwards. What is it that Christ wants for me? What does mm-hmm. he want for me? And then just use your discernment to make sure that you that that you are wise about the people you choose to join, right? Mm-hmm. So a membership shouldn't be something you hop into. Um, I think Ian's perspective is more of what's the reclamation process for the church when they know that someone's leaving? Like, what do you mm-hmm. owe someone who's leaving because of church hurt? And, I mean, it's, it can be a number of things, and it depends on how those families are structured. If it's a kid-centric church, uh, if it's a kid-led family, then the kid wants to go to another youth group and mom and dad will just grab their things and smile and toddle out the door behind them. And that family has way big, bigger problems. Mm-hmm. But um, oftentimes you'll get a hurt that happens in a small group, which is the church, but kind of other. And then because that small group is comprised of three, four, five couples who it's understood will also be there on Sunday. Sometimes the church absorbs the hurt from its kind of its colonies. Yeah. And when that happens, it's, and I think that's very common, by the way. It's funny. Small groups are the thing that hold churches together and oftentimes can fracture churches. Big time. I know that when there was a splant at a church I worked at, a lot of people were really frustrated, but what kept the the flesh on the bones were those small groups. Mm -hmm. And in another church I was at, when it was starting to go through a lot of transitions and people were leaving, people probably would have left the Sunday fellowship were it not for their small group. So it does tether people to it. But I find out a lot of times people will let their small group know that they're leaving the church and not the church. So it's important to communicate with leadership so-and-so left. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this weird posture where people will say, well, why didn't the elders pursue them? Why didn't you pursue them? The membership, even whether or not you take vows, right? Whether or not you're calling them vows, it's it's implied that there's a certain thing that we owe each other, yeah. being in this community, and it should be everyone's responsibility when they find that someone leaves. And I think sometimes the difference between church hurt and simply a church boo boo is: did somebody know, keep their head on a swivel enough to recognize that they haven't been there and to compassionately reach out? Well, Matthew 18. I mean, your point to your point. Yeah, is Matthew 18 starts with who. The church, the church leadership yeah, uh, pursues a per- no. It's it says, you, the individual, correct. who is sinned against. Yep. Or you are a witness. You don't bring them to, to the church until round three. So you're. I mean, the first step is you yourself take responsibility. You lean into the hard thing and you say, "I love you. I care for you. You're, this is happening." And you work with that other individual. There's no even reason you shouldn't call in to your elder and say, "Hey, uh, Johnny boy." Uh, smoking cigarettes we got to talk to him about it a good pastor should say yes you should and if this person is guilty of a, of great of sin and he doesn't repent i want you to grab one of your friends and go the two of you if that doesn't work then let's mm-hmm. go to the next step 
Let's let's do this how Christ asked us to, and that's really how it ought to go. But unfortunately, because we live in such a consumeristic world, we treat the church the same way we treat a poor product that's made. We don't go straight back to the store to the person who sold it to us, the low-level employee. Right. We want to talk to the manager. Yep. <laughs> we mm-hmm. want to talk, and then if the manager doesn't do it, we're gonna email the crap out of the presbyte- president of the company. We are going to get our issues heard, but the one-on-one relationship, the reason that that's failing is because we believe we're entitled to something greater, mm-hmm. and that one-on-one relationship is mundane. It's not sexy. It's not glory. There's no glory in it, but but that's what's great about Christ is he says, no, there, actually there's a greater glory in you and your brother working this out without having to bother the elders in it, and like in either First or Second Peter, I can't remember when it says, make it a make it a job for yourself to to seek that you make the elders' job a joy. Yeah, and if they're continually having to come and correct you and say, stop coming to me when you have an issue with your brother, yeah, you go to your brother, you work this out with him or her, and you figure this out, and you seek reconciliation. You talk about it, and they teach you how to do that. And then in Romans, you nuthateos each other. You're admonishing one another. Um, it's admonishing. Not, yeah, it's encouraging, correcting, mm-hmm. uh, counseling. You're trying to work one another, right? And then when you, we let's say we see the creation story differently. Maybe you see it as an old earth, I see it as a young earth. And we are argue, 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 and we can't figure out exactly where it is. Let's, now let's go to our pastor. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. Which that's not a reconciliation issue. No. That's a really healthy iron sharpens iron situation. Um, but unfortunately, because we don't know how to function in the brother to brother scenario, we then pollute to, ath- to authority. How we we don't understand properly how authority is supposed to work either. Because we as Americans think we are the authority. We don't know how to submit to the authority. It's really egotistic. Yep. And so we, we kind of mess the whole thing up. Mm. Um, this is like when you said this about small groups it made me think Steve that we probably need to do I don't think we've done like a talk on small groups um, We, yeah it, I mean it's come community up groups. but I don't think we've talked right we probably need to do that in the future because we've got a lot of thoughts about small groups and community groups within a church and to keep it kind of youth ministry centric is kind right. of hard but we probably need to do that let's do this let's let's close this one out oh okay and I think I have an angle on it when we do and uh, the next one Let's bring another angle and let's talk about, okay, before the church hurt has occurred, what paradigm should you take into account? If, if you're just a church member, even if you're a youth pastor, yeah. how do you teach your kids in your youth? Prepare yourself. Hurt, hurt is coming. Right. It's going to happen. What paradigm should you bring into it? Um, I think I've got a couple stories that may speak into that too. Okay. You know, we'll share. But thanks for joining us today. This is the PYP, the Practical Youth Pastor. Uh, please send us an email, please. Yes. We want to know if people care. We're desperate for emails. <laughs> I'm just at the Practical Youth Pastor at gmail.com. Thanks so much. See you.